So exciting. If you guys have been around this parks for the past couple weeks, uh, maybe the past couple years, you know that we get really, really excited about Baptism Sunday because it's a phenomenal time that um, we can actually notice the bigger picture that's going on with God. Uh, we recognize that some of the services are big and we can't really see and know everybody. And then sometimes we can't connect with them out in the city and we say, oh, you guys go to Grace and we go to this service. We go to Seven Lakes, we go to Southern Pines Campus. But then all of a sudden we get to pause and just kind of put God on display with the lives of the individual people when we see baptism. Baptism allows um, us as family to see what God's been doing for weeks, months, years in private, in people's lives that we maybe not know, but all of a sudden it connects us to a bigger picture that God is still redeeming, he's still saving, he's still restoring, he's still making our past brighter so that we can actually see what our future looks like. So it's an amazing time that we can just come together and just celebrate some life change. And um, my, my goal today is to share a short message with you out of John chapter 3, not to be confused with 1 John 3, because that's where we've been in our series. But if you want to go there, uh, pick up your Bibles, go to John chapter 3, and I want to share a short message with you, which really has a twofold purpose on it, a twofold purpose. The first purpose is really just to describe to you why these people are going to be coming up here and being baptized, why they're here, what journey they went on, how it, they actually went through that particular process. And I feel like there's a conversation that Jesus gives us with Nicodemus that gives us some great insight on what that really looks like. And the people that you're going to meet here uh, in a few minutes, you're going to acknowledge that is their story. That is um, their journey. Now, the second fold purpose, my goal in today's message is to actually awaken something inside of you and maybe think, this is your journey. Maybe you need to be baptized. Maybe you need to recognize this is where I am in that journey, and I need to today take my step of faith, give my life over to Jesus, and actually allow God to break down all the walls that I've set up in my life and in my heart and in my soul so that you can just say, I want to be free. I want to live. I want the joy, and I want the fullness that you've promised. And so maybe that's your journey, and if that's you today, we've got some people in that room right over here that are waiting to chat with you, maybe just to answer some questions you might have, pray with you, and just to see if that decision to give your life to Jesus today is something you want to do, and then if it is, maybe you'll get baptized. So if you think you don't have clothes, you put on your nice church clothes, which you do, you look good today, then you can just say, hey, we got clothes for you. We have a towel. You've got no excuse. If God's doing something in here, let us wrap you on the things around you. And then you're good to go. Amen? So no excuse. So you guys ready for the message? Here, it's going to be short. It's going to be sweet. But you got to hold on. John chapter 3. Jesus comes up with a conversation with Nicodemus. And it starts out by saying this. Verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. He was a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher and you come from God. For no one can do these signs unless God is with him. So to that, I love it, because Nicodemus is saying, you're doing some amazing things, <laughs> and this is only chapter three. Come on, this is good stuff. Jesus is like, you've seen nothing yet, but Nicodemus is just going to be up front with him. We've seen amazing things so far in chapter three of your story, but, but Jesus doesn't really answer Nicodemus's questions about being a teacher and about doing amazing things. Instead, this is what his response was. After that, he says in verse 3, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. And so here is a premise of really Jesus getting down to the 
heart of the matter. Nicodemus has a question over here, but what Jesus hits to is really the problem area. You need to be born again so that you can see the kingdom. And then he keeps going. So Nicodemus says, okay, let me get this straight. How can a man be born again when he is old? How can he go into a second time his mother's womb and be born? Then Jesus says, truly I say to you, in verse 5, unless you one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is the flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is the spirit. So I don't know if you're catching this, but there's a conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus that is quite tense. And I don't know if you've been an onlooker of a conversation that you're an eyewitness that you guys are just not on the same page. No, 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 that's not what he's saying. Mm, well, yeah, but are you even listening? That's not what she's saying. Come on, have you ever been there? You've just been an onlooker. And this is exactly what's happening with Nicodemus and Jesus. Jesus is saying, listen, the amazing, miraculous, heaven-like God figure actually changes you on the inside and you're born again. You have a renewed mind. You have a new heart. You have a new soul. Nicodemus is like, how does a 40-year-old go back into the mother's womb? Jesus is like, that's disgusting. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure he didn't say that. It's not recorded. That's just, that's where my thoughts go. I mean, Nicodemus, you are just, you're, you know, you're, you're not getting it. So Nicodemus is talking about the physical. He's talking about at the external. He's talking about things that you can hold your hands on. And Jesus is talking about the true reality, which is all up in here. He's saying it's, it's about the unseen characteristics of, of you and your soul, the condition in here, not the condition of out here. Nicodemus is like, yeah, but how does that? Jesus is like, no, how does this happen? Come on, you celebrate your birthday. Anybody not celebrate birthdays? Anybody not celebrate? Yeah, you'd be insane. That's a celebration. Every single year, it's a guarantee that people will say something to you. You celebrate birthdays. Jesus says you've got another birthday, and it's whenever you were born again right here. When you have a new heart, when you went from the old man to the new man, when you went from the old way of thinking to the new way of thinking, when you gave up childish ways and you grab a hold of God things, when you were selfish and then all of a sudden you turn and you think, oh my goodness, I want to be selfless with my life. There was a shift. And this is in particular the conversation that Jesus is having with Nicodemus. And all of a sudden he brings it from the external to the internal. And this is how he does it. I want you to follow along. In verse 3, Jesus' response was, truly I say to you, this is his first comment, truly I say to you, I want you to follow along because I need you to answer this, this particular word. Truly I say to you, unless one is born again, I'm in verse 3, one is born again, he cannot, say it with me now, see the kingdom. The first level, the first stage the first process that we go through when God draws us near is we have our sights on the kingdom of God. We can start seeing God's activity. We can recognize, I feel like I've been running from God my whole entire life. But if I look back in my past and I've been complaining about all the hurt and the things that I've been through and abandoned, I actually recognize God's been with me this whole time. I can start to see what God's been doing, and I just don't know why. I've never recognized it before. You ever been there? You ever just had one of those moments where like, man, like Jacob in the Old Testament, clearly God is in this place. Has that ever happened in your life? If it's not, this is the first stage. Ask for it. God, unveil these eyes so I can actually see 
who you are. I can see what you're doing. And then the next stage, he says in verse 5, Jesus says, Truly I say to you, I need your help with this. Truly I say to you, unless one is born of water, that's your physical birth, and of the, say it with me, spirit. Yes, you're born of the water and the flesh, because flesh, born of flesh is flesh, but we're talking about something internal here. And, and this is what he says. Unless you're born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter. Come on, say that with me. He cannot enter. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. First stage, Jesus in this conversation, you, you can't go, really being born again, you can't enter into the kingdom unless you see. And then once you start seeing, what do you do? You're, you're drawn. I got I to go, go this way because that way is not working. This way of the world, it's just not working. It's not satisfying anything in here. My eyes are not satisfied. My heart, my hands, nothing is satisfied. And then all of a sudden you start seeing God. Maybe that's what you, what you first started to do. Why, that's maybe why you're here at church. From a distance, I'm here and I have no idea why. I told myself and all my friends, this would be the last place that you would find me. Uh, there's no way I'm gonna be coming into church. And now all of a sudden your friend is getting baptized, your family member is here, and all of a sudden you show up because you can start seeing the kingdom. But can I just tell you, church, seeing is never enough. I don't know if you've ever um, um, been to uh, Colorado before and taken the trip from here, from North Carolina, and you've probably driven straight west. You have probably at some point in time gotten on I-70 that has traveled through the amazing state of Kansas. That's my origins. You know what I'm saying? So anybody else from Kansas? Anybody? I had three the other, and I was a bit surprised because, uh, you know, this is not a li- usually a likes that we uh, followed Roy Williams over here to North Carolina. Anyway, I'm not trying to get into basketball, though. So every once in a while, when you go west, people will say, I've actually been through Kansas before, and it was, how do you say this? Horrific. Your, your, your Kansas is a straight land of just farm field on the left and the right for miles. You get on I-70 and you're heading to Colorado, and the disappointment is this. You, you come on the crest of the border of Kansas, and you still have eight hours to travel to get to Colorado. And, and the, the most disappointing thing about the whole road trip is that when you're on I-70 and you actually get into Kansas, you can see, you can see Colorado. And, and, and so you wake everybody up. <laughs> hey, oh my goodness, I can see the crest. I can see the mountains. I can see the snow. We're going to be there in no time. Two hours later. This is ridiculous. So I got a, t- I got a tip for you. I got a tip for you. If, you. if you drive that, here's what you need to do. Get a string and you tie it, a rope to your steering wheel, hit the cruise control, and you can go to sleep for six hours and then get an alarm. And then right when your alarm goes off, boom, you're there. Because it's a straight shot and you don't even need to move. You know what I'm saying? Even if you veer off, don't worry, you'll come back. <laughs> it's, you will arrive safely because it's just farmland. Just, dr- just drive due west and you'll be there in no time. Here, here's the issue with that. In the midst of your journey, when you're six, seven, eight hours away and you're in Kansas and you can see Colorado, that's when frustration happens. I'm trapped in here and I want to be out there. I want to be free. 
I want to I want to hike, I want to mountain bike, I want to be out and just and just whiffing the fresh air. I want to run, <laughs> but I'm I'm sitting in the air conditioner and I'm trapped in this aluminum thing and I have 8 hours still to go. And the problem is if you have kids, they ask the question, are we there yet? Are we are we there yet? 2 seconds later, are we there yet? Are we are we there yet? And I see now why Jesus says, I'm going to come and divide the family. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you just want to be like, I don't know if I can handle this. So you give him Benadryl and say, okay, we're going to be, <laughs> come on, I've never done that before. Now my wife, maybe, no, I'm kidding. Frustration probably happens on your journey. You're in the middle of life. You can see that there is joy that God gives to other people. You're just not experiencing it. You can see the love that people share and the generosity and the charity and the selflessness that other people experience, but it's just not happened to you yet. Because you're in the middle of Kansas. You can see Colorado. You're in the middle of your life's journey and you're walking and you're taking this journey and you think it's all about you when really it's all about God and he's bringing you along in the story. Seeing from a distance, what God is doing is never going to satisfy you. Coming into church and recognizing that what the pastor does and what these people do up here and your small group leader and your friends and your neighbor, how they worship and they're so free and they go after it because they just don't care about man's opinion anymore because they care more about God's. And you think, gosh, I wish, I wish I could worship like that. But here I am trapped in my prison because I'm so moved by what other people see and say and think about me that I'm not going to do that because I don't know what they would say. And you're trapped because you're just becoming your own God. And God says to Nicodemus and to you, you see the kingdom, but that's not enough because I want you to enter into it. And maybe you're one of those where you open up the word and you say, gosh, I want to get the things out of this word that everybody else gets. I want to read this and actually come alive. But when I read it, it's dry. There's nothing in there. Logically, it doesn't make sense. And it never will. Because God doesn't come to allow your mind and your data and your logic to actually come unfold, to click together and answer all your questions. God brings you more into mystery and gives you more questions than he answers than anything because God is incomprehensible, and that's the God that we have of the word. Because we can see the kingdom. We just haven't entered it yet. And God says, seeing is only the first part. I want you to enter in. God actually says to you and to me that he wants so much for everything that he has created. All of his promises is to give to you. He says in Luke chapter 12, it's the Father's good pleasure. It is God's good pleasure to give you the entire kingdom. You want to know where the entire kingdom holds? You want to know where it's host? You don't want to know where it shows up? It's not out here. Jesus says, there is not the kingdom. Here is not the kingdom. He goes, the kingdom of God is within you. You want to start seeing people differently? Allow God to change the way you see things. So that you can start with a heart transformation, the mind renewal, a new soul, so you can allow God to change you on the inside so that you can start seeing what God's really doing. And when you see God's activity, when you see answered prayer, when you see joy on the horizon, you have no other destination 
But it's not a destination to say, I need to go from here to heaven. I need to go from this life into the next one. I can't wait to get to heaven. I can't wait to enter the kingdom of God. No, no, God says it's not like that. There is no holding. There is no pausing. That's why I sent my son down to you. I'm not asking you to bring your life and elevate it up and to get better and to clean anything up. No, God loves you so much that he came down to meet you where you were. And then when he grabs a hold of your life and your soul and your heart and your mind, Then he starts to lift you up, breathe life into you. You've seen it. But son and daughter, that's just not enough. I want you to come enter into the fullness of my joy because I want to give you life and life abundantly. And I don't ever want you to settle for anything less. That's That's a parent's heart. Don't ever settle for anything less. My kids deserve the best. So instead of letting frustration and sorrow and difficulty consume you because you're in the middle of Kansas and you can see the kingdom, you can see Colorado, God, I need heaven not to be a destination, but something that consumes me and my thoughts so that I can be heavenly minded so I'm some earthly good. In Jesus' name.